Hi everyone, this is Melissa from the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Just wanted to let you know that we're hosting a special screening of Star Wars The Force Awakens on December 18th at 9pm here in Canberra. That's just one day after the movie comes out in theatres. We'd love to see all of you dressed up in your best Star Wars costume so you can enjoy the movie with some fellow geeks. After the screening, we'll be recording a live episode of the podcast and a Q&A where we will A, all of your burning Star Wars cues. The screening will take place at Palace Electric Cinemas in Canberra. Tickets cost $17 plus a booking fee and can be found via links on the Silver Screen Queens website or on our Facebook page and also on our Twitter page. Can't wait to see you there. Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Creed, directed by Ryan Coogler and released in 2015. The plot of the movie goes something like this. The former world heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa serves as a trainer and mentor to Adonis Johnson, the son of his late friend and former rival Apollo Creed. I have to make a confession. I've never seen a Rocky movie before today. Okay. I know I have seen Rocky movies before, but I couldn't remember enough plot details to be able to pick things out in yeah, this. Yeah, I could remember a lot of visual details. I could remember the grey hooded tracksuit mm. and obviously the steps at the whatever that place is in Philly and the Philly and there's some shots of him like running down the road. There's a garbage truck somewhere and I feel like Rocky works as a garbage man running between houses to kind of train at one point. I, I don't remember enough plot points to – I remember the end of the movie when he has the fight and then he's all beaten up and he's all, Adrian. I remember that. I don't remember anything mm. else. And I know I've seen more than one Rocky movie too. Yeah. So really I just can't remember I much. Kind of, I'm fairly certain I've seen the one with Milo Ventimiglia in it. Right. But I don't huh. remember Maybe anything about it. Maybe I have seen it. that one too actually now that you bring it up. Um, But I, d I don't think it matters. I know enough Rocky that seeped into the culture. Um, I really enjoyed this. I feel I like really it doesn't matter not just because – like of not needing to know much about Rocky, but it matters more. Like the more important person in this movie is Adonis, and we have to like Rocky's just kind of part of his story. Mm. And yeah, I I felt the same way when I was watching this as I did when I, we saw Rush, which was like I had no expectations mm. going in, and then I was just really caught up in yeah. it and really really enjoyed it for I the was... whole ride. And yeah. and this movie is so sweet and so lovely and just like not at all what I expected it to be. I this is like. I don't know what, like the seventh movie in a really long running series of movies. And it manages to be, I think, by virtue of telling a new person story, it just com it completely revitalizes this old series. It's just, I really loved it. Just was totally caught up in it. Yeah. And it's really, really, it's a really nice story about someone who is very uh, disenfranchised and angry and 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 has had a lot going on in his life and how like boxing and finding this family has really helped him and it's a really sweet love story between a um what's the word substitute father and substitute son really mm, yeah like they both uh, well i mean rocky has a son but his son didn't end up doing the same things as he does and he was it was nice that he was happy for him but well i think rocky's son a bit like Adonis wants to make his own name and so he's gone off to live in another country and he wants to do his own thing. And a place called Vancouver. In That's a place a great I know. Uh, yeah, like Rocky's never been outside of Philadelphia. Um, and, and Adonis is kind of doing something similar, getting out of LA coming and, and coming back to find out who his father was. I think is for him that same kind of striking out on his own sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought that was good. I actually liked 
I think it's also important that this is a black man's story and it's a black story told by a black director. And um, Well, I was going to talk about that in relation to um, Sylvester Stallone's Magical Negro. movie? Oh, Southpaw. Southpaw, right. So, because Southpaw we saw this year as well. And, and I think uh, we had this conversation about black men in boxing too. Right. And how Southpaw is such a, like, sort of black man story with a white man in the lead mm, mm. and it was very strange to watch that and then this one uh and i feel like this one has a, a really good social conscience about it too mm-hmm. because it's not just that creed is black but there's also uh there's women in the background of shots where they don't at the boxing gym at the boxing gym there's a woman who's a security guard there's a a, a nurse who comes in and like they do a little play fight thing with mm-hmm. with um Adonis, which is not like necessary in any way, but it's really nice. Well, yeah, and, and like even just like little background shots. And I think we noticed at the end that the screenwriter, uh, the sorry, the cinematographer, at least has a female sounding name. I don't actually, I'm not actually familiar with her. I'm just going to look her up. Maurice something. It was Maurice. Yeah, something. Maurice something, which um, t- um is is Maurice Alberti, and it was, I think it was very well shot with a lot of those things. I also noticed with the um the girls holding the cards for the rounds in the big fight at the end. They're shot in a quite non-sexualized way, which for boxing, like they have those girls that bring around the cards in these tiny little bikinis, but all of those girls carrying the signs are all shot from like above the cleavage up. Well, I thought the whole thing was really respectful of women as well. Like Tessa Thompson, there are sex scenes that she has with Adonis and and doesn't they don't overly sexualize her either. Mm, it's really mm. nice. Actually it's a really nice right. I thought movie. I yeah, I actually thought was thinking that too. They really they shoot those scenes really well. They're very realistic. Like they just kind of the way they get together and start making out and start having sex. Like it's very feels very natural as well. Mm. Uh, and they're sometimes like the way they frame them, the first time they kiss they're framed like from above and you can sort of you just see and them upside down. Yeah, upside down looking at one another but when they're on Rocky's couch when they're watching Skyfall, she's like, she's got her leg is up a little bit and it's kind of in the frame and they don't really move. They don't move the frame around to show them, make a change so that we just see them. We actually see these two people sitting quite naturally on a couch and, and they had that really cute moment with the um the earphones, which is sweet. The whole thing is shot beautifully. There's one particular fight that I thought was shot so, so well because it's all one take. Mm-hmm. They do a whole fight in one take, which was really cool, like right from walking out the whole thing. Yeah. And they did the, that. That was the first of the two fights that are in this, like the major two fights. Yeah. That are the in this movie. Leo, Leo Sperino, the, the kid that he fights first, who is actually the, so all the fights that he has are with actual professional boxers. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty impressive too. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. And that was really well shot and really nicely done. Yeah. And it's also really like the story that comes out of this kid feels really natural. Like, none of this story felt forced to me. None mm. of it felt like... Because you know how I had that really big problem with Southpaw? Mm. Every time I try to think of the name of that, I'm like, Jarhead, no. Jawbreaker, no. <laughs> Southpaw. I don't know why one of I the had Jake a real Gyllenhaal trouble with muscle that. movies. Yeah. So, uh, in Southpaw, I felt like the, the time frame was so condensed and it felt really forced. Mm. Like, yeah, trying to get right. all the, the drama six out. Weeks, six weeks, yeah. Yeah, whereas this one didn't feel like that at all. It felt really natural. Um, It felt like... Everything came out of the characters and was genuine to the characters and their conversations felt so real. And Sylvester Stallone knows this character so well mm. and plays him really well. Like, and they, they had a great chemistry, Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan in this. They're just adorable together. Yeah. He was fantastic. Thinking about Tessa Thompson as well, I really liked that she has her own 
stuff going on Mm. and her stuff is really important to her and the couple split up for a little while for really really understandable reasons because he does something stupid that affects her career Mm. and she's really mad at him because her music means the world to her and she loves doing it and she's never you never sort of get the feeling that she's just there to be the girlfriend she's like this person who is in his life but she has her own life going on Mm. Yeah, and and all three of them kind of come together in this nice way, and they mm. they work really well together. Yeah, um, it is. It's just really like I never got bored in this movie either. No. I think the second montage was a bit much. Like I think the second montage could have had a bit more of sick Rocky in it and a little bit less training. Yeah, because that's kind of what the the comparison there yeah. was. But that's a very minor quibble because the first montage was so good too. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, the second one was good though because it's a different. Like he's now training at a different level because he's training for a championship fight, and you sort of—I mean—you sort of see that that pick up. I mean, I think yeah, you probably don't see quite enough of Rocky getting sick and how sick he is. I—I I was never worried that they were going to kill him off before the end. No, but I don't think you're supposed to be. I think it's more about how it affects them emotionally than like that he's going to die. I don't think the movie because the movie doesn't try and mine anything for drama Mm. right the drama comes naturally from the characters it's never like they're never milking it for all it's worth no which i really appreciated so i don't think you're supposed to feel like rocky's gonna die right you're supposed to feel like rocky's being an idiot and adonis is being an idiot and they both have to get past that and stop being idiots so that they can work together and it doesn't ever feel melodramatic Mm. or over the top and that's why it works so well it's just really kind of genuine and natural and natural in a way that doesn't feel like it's like that kind of hipster naturalism. No, well, it's, it's very it's real got naturalism. That, um, like that visceral sort of history. It, it really knows about fights and the sort of physical reality for fighters. Mm-hmm. Like they've been doing this for 40 years or something. And so they know, like, there's that bit at the end with the like spitting blood and all that sort of stuff and the way the injuries that they all get and the, um, even the way Rocky himself moves. Like, he moves like a man who has spent his lifetime taking punches mm-hmm. it gets across the the danger and the reality of the sport without sort of talking down to the audience about it mm. and michael b jordan's physicality in this movie is great too like it's very different from anything else that i've seen of him he he really kind of he's got this kind of springy walk but it's also slightly aggressive and there's there's these things moves that like he, a fighter yeah but it's not just like a fighter. It's also, I think that's kind of a juvie thing as well, like that he's trying mm. to put into this character and, yeah, yeah. and that kind of history. And, and he has all of this history that nobody respects because he's Apollo Creed's son. So they all think that he's got this kind of yeah. silver spoon when he didn't even know about it until he was older. Right. And, and, and he's, it's really interesting. Yeah. I've been through foster care and all this horrible stuff. And I think that's, that was kind of interesting too. Well, see, I was really upset when they were going through juvie and there were all these little boys in holding cells and you're like, they're just kids. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I think that comes back again to kind of the reality of the black male experience in America mm. is that these little kids are, are being locked up and it, he's really lucky that Felicia Rashad's character says, you know what, I'll take this kid in because there's all these other kids there too and they're just, they've probably had just as horrible a history and just as good a reason to get out and have somebody help them. Yeah. I also really, really enjoyed the scene in the jail cell after he punches the the guy at the concert mm. oh yeah that was such a good scene and michael b jordan acts the crap out of this movie but particularly that scene was like because he can't feel sad mm. and he can't feel upset he has to feel angry and so he's like 
trying so hard just to be angry and and you can see it's all kind of cracking and, yeah and oh, he's, so there's, those tears just come spontaneously it's amazing yeah so good and it was so good both of them are just wow yeah it's really just <laughs> enjoyable and yeah everything kind of it also never feels like it's wearing on you no because you kind of you want you root for this guy and you want him to do well and uh, I feel like every kind of little victory is earned. Mm-hmm. Whereas like and also I love that he doesn't win the fight. Yeah, that made me really happy. As we went into the fight, uh, in my head I was thinking Ireland scores more points, but Bulgaria catches the snitch because yeah. particularly once it got to about round three, it was like even if even if he knocks him out, Conlon is going to do really well in points on this. But it's also that's the Rocky and, story yeah. is that he goes the whole. It's, he goes twelve rounds. That's the important bit, and he mm. proves himself. And then, and the way he wins over that Liverpool crowd, because I think they did a really good job actually of respecting the culture, the Liverpool sports culture, like because they're in this big, the Everton Stadium, and they all they have that that culture, much like when they're at the football of singing, and the cra- whole crowd is behind the hometown guy, and he really earns their respect and turns mm-hmm. it around. It just. I thought that was done well because the other guy, who like he's clearly working class. He's from a northern city in England. Like he's just, it's not like he's you know come from a silver spoon either. But he kind of plays up that he doesn't come from a silver spoon. But they don't disrespect that. But they also kind of yeah. They, well, he kind of plays the cre- bad guy up until like the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they totally Billy Zabka him and he like, this <laughs> is little Billy Zabka moment at the end, which is what all I thought of. Um, I, I like how they set up both Philadelphia and Liverpool as their own characters. Their own yeah. Characters, yeah. Particu- I mean, particularly Philly. Like, obviously, from Philly as a character in all the Rocky movies, well, as far as I know, it's all I know of Philadelphia is those scenes from Rocky. Like, it's what you associate it with. And it's a character. Also, here. that movie, Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, that true. That's true, too. And there's um, at least, oh, it uh, doesn't, um, M. Night Shyamalan also do Philadelphia? It's possible. I feel like I've seen it in a couple of movies. But anyway. it, it is an, it's definitely its own character in this. Like you said to me at the end, how long does winter last for in Philly? Because it's always styled in a particular way where there's no leaves on the trees and it is freezing cold and it's very, very particular. And we go we go to certain places. Like we start out at Mickey's gym, but we we know pretty soon that we have to. he has to move beyond Mickey's gym and so does Rocky. So they end up going to the other gym where there are these kids who ride bikes and the social fabric of the city is kind of woven in really nicely. Plus there's a really cute scene where Adonis gets all these kids on bikes to come up to Rocky's window when he's sick. Mm. It's so cute. Yeah. With a very intense soundtrack, by the way. The, it's the soundtrack for the whole thing. Every so mm. often I was just like, what is happening with this soundtrack? It's so overwhelming. Yeah, it was. I thought it was quite well done. And then they also weave in the old Rocky score yeah, the when they need great. to. Um, I, I don't know. I thought that was nicely done. And I the whole the kids on bikes thing, I think that's nice because – we go from Mickey's, which is like the Italians, like Rocky and his Italian background, and we go to the Northside gym where all the, most of the kids are black and it's a black neighborhood and it's more about Adonis and his culture, mm. which I think is interesting. And Rocky is the he's more like the outsider in that culture. And I was also kept thinking throughout. But he's also still friends with everybody. Right. Was Rocky he, is friends with everybody. Well, he's Rocky movie. Balboa. Like he knows – you can almost imagine like that he's a – that An completely box, feels like yeah no boxer. but that com- feels completely natural as well like he everyone in Philly knows who Rocky Balboa is and what he looks like and everything about him because he is like part of the fabric of the town so he's pretty much friends with everyone in the whole in the whole boxing environment but also he recognizes the need for this fighter to go to this place and do do it this way and I think I was thinking um of Sylvester Stallone's role Rocky's role in this is a lot like the magical Negro Morgan Freeman character you see in other boxing movies. I thought that and was like a- Southpaw. Yeah, and I thought that was an interesting turnaround. It it's also I mean the thing about this one though is that 
the relationship between them is so much better than in most of these movies. It's so much more earned and real mm. and genuine and their affection is so much more real. And I also like the way that, that Adonis is just nonstop. Yeah. Like he just keeps going at him at Rocky and at Rocky until Rocky finally gives the- in. And, and the way that Rocky has his kind of turnaround moment when he's visiting Adrian and Mickey's grave. It's so cute. Yeah. Um, and so sad, but also it's kind of nice to see Rocky in a place where he's like, kind of happy and at peace even though his life is like there there are moments when it isn't but it is nice to see him be not angry and not yeah. like yeah he he isn't Rocky's in come, that place at the moment no uh, well he's that feels genuine to that character too he's yeah. come he's gone through a really tough life and he's come out the other side of it with a lot of equanimity about it he's sort of like he's at peace with where yeah. he is so at peace that he's willing to not get treated for cancer that's perfectly treatable like that but also then his like his new little family gets yeah into, oh, so nice. but then he yeah then that's right then he sort of it, it gives him something to live for literally it's like the feel-good hit of the summer um and that last scene i thought like i've had a lot of problems with endings of movies recently mm. and there's this just this one little scene like after the big fight yeah and it's such a good like breather scene but it and it calls back to rocky but not in a way that's like over the top and it's just Really, really well done. But that feels earned too. Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole point of those running up those stairs in the original Rocky, again, I haven't seen it, but I kind of know the, the background, is that, that it's earned. The getting mm. to the top of those stairs is a big deal for him and it's just a big deal now, as big a deal now that he's 70 and recovering from cancer as, as it was the first time he, that they were his, that mountain that he had to climb. Yeah, it's nice. I just, I in my head, every time I saw Sylvester Stallone during the cancer scenes, I was like, in my head, I could just hear him going, "I'm not, I'm not shaving my head." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, they they kind of get around that a little bit. I'm surprised though that that I would be surprised that they would let somebody that sick out of the country for the big. Yeah, I think you got to get a doctor's note. But I think nowadays is more about quality of life. Like when you're really sick, you know, the doctor's like, you know, he might as well have fun. Mm. Uh, and also, I think the guy from Liverpool, having just come out seven years in jail, probably wouldn't have been allowed into the US. Did he just come out of seven years? Of- yeah, that's what it's all about. He's just. Getting- I thought that was earlier. Well, it might have been earlier, but still with a. Prim- or no, he was going to. But with face a criminal record. In- I don't know. But with a criminal record like that, it's quite hard to get into the US. I think that having. He had to turn the crowd around. There was the whole Liverpool culture thing that was woven in there. Um, I also like how they kept Felicia Rashad in the movie. Mm. Like, even though he leaves her really early on in the movie, they keep coming back to her and yep. he keeps kind of coming back to her and her well, story has, is part of it as well. And her, she comes around as well. She does, it? but I, I, I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of time for a full character arc, but you see it happen with her. Yes. And I also liked at the end of the movie where, like, you can see that she, I mean, her husband, she watched her husband die doing this and. It's very stressful for her, but at the same time, she kind of gets back into it where she's like, yeah. She understands why. She understands the drive to do it. Yeah. And I think Apollo, I think, is an interesting sort of something hanging over this movie in that he was killed in the ring, but it's like dying with your boots on. It's He did exactly – he wanted to be there. Right. Being in the ring meant the most to him. It's where he, where he belonged. I think she kind of has to make peace with the fact that he he died doing what he wanted to do. Yeah, and there's a lot of parallel parallels in this movie between boxing and art too. Mm. It's not so much about it being a sport even in this one. It's more about because they make the parallel with Bianca's singing yep. and they make like there's a lot of not – I don't dance, I don't sing, so we're going to fight kind of stuff where it's like it's more about 
like them letting something out and and that sort of stuff. It was really interesting. Well, it, I mean, take on the sport. Well, I think it's, it's it's a follow your dreams kind. It's there's a there's a couple of I think narratives in American life, and one of them is like follow your dreams no matter the cost. And there's also the follow your dreams because it's the only way to get out of the hood kind of story. And they examine can't that. do one in this one, so they're doing the other. Well, they kind of examine that those ideas. They don't just present them as as true or real or the only part of the story. I but think- there's also an interesting examination of masculinity in this movie, mm. which doesn't diminish the fact that there's this anger and stuff that's going mm. on with Apollo and they try to uh, Adonis and they try to find a good way to. He's trying to find the right way to like mm. express it. Otherwise, it builds up and he punches random people and stuff. Right. And he's got to try and like. Yeah, and that was done far less subtly in Southpaw. Right, it's, it's tough, but we only saw it a few months ago, and so it's kind of in top of mind. But yeah, definitely, and yeah, it's not quite so. Um, explicitly talked about but it is clear that like, he has a need inside him to fight like this and yeah and they talk about it with rocky too though that rocky's machismo is getting in the way of his reco- his health mm. like he can overcome this cancer but he's choosing not to and it's yeah. not just because he's decided that he doesn't want to live anymore it's also because he's too much to have that care and like because he yeah. watched adrian go through it and he's like well i don't want to do that to somebody else whereas Adonis is just like no you're gonna do it yeah I don't care if I have to help you through this I want to and that's Rocky like yeah the not asking for help kind of stuff which is which is again is really effectively done in that scene where Rocky's unloading his van and um, Adonis kind of rocks up and he just takes over like uh, moving these big boxes into the restaurant for him it's quite nicely done because that like Rocky's, you know, he's older, but he's macho. I'm still strong enough to do this. I'm still healthy. I'm still virile. And the the younger guy's like, it's okay, Dad. You know, you're allowed to <laughs> kind of back off a bit. And eventually, it takes him like a few minutes. And he's like, yeah, fine. You know what? I can be the mentor. It's okay. I don't have to always be the macho guy. And Rocky's got his little glove mittens on. And then at the end of the movie, they do the bit about uh, at the end of the scene. They do the bit about the cloud that was great. The, the- oh, that cloud joke was amazing. Because <laughs> like. It- it's so good. Like it, it was a it was an old person doesn't understand technology joke done just magically, and yeah. s- obviously Sly just sells it completely. Yeah, it's not a new joke, but they do it very well, mm. and they do it again. It's not like a punchline. It's not like it's you know setting up for the punchline. It's just this natural kind of humor. Yeah, this is well, this is what Rocky is like. Yeah, I, and I think um, I mean it's it says something about the character of Rocky as well, like. Rocky is the same guy he's always been and he just lives his life in Philly and he knows his little world and he doesn't need to learn new things. He's This is this is Rocky. This is my life. This is who I am. Yeah, it's but it, it is really funny and mm. nicely done. There's all these nice little touches about and about the generation dis- difference as well and how one's not better than the other. <laughs> it's just no, they're different, just different. Which is really nice. It's quite respectful of well, I think both part, generations. And part of that generational thing, I think, was having the women in the boxing gym. Mm. Not mentioned, not no discussion, just there are women training here as well as men. And one of them's like a little girl. Yeah, yeah. And that was really cool. I liked that. that yeah, they aren't mentioned and they're just part of they're the... Just, and, but it's they part are, of boxing now. They need to say anything. It's just there. Yeah, it's cool in that way. Yeah. There was something else about the generational difference too that I can't remember. that. But there's also like... This there's a generational distant a difference, but there's also this real understanding of things that don't change about like how these guys feel and and how they're using boxing as a release for that, and how Rocky really understands Adonis and where he's coming from, and he doesn't 
have that connection. Like, even though he encourages the young boxer who's the son of the other guy, he doesn't have that same connection because that guy is not doing it for the same reasons. No. Um, he's doing it because his dad wants him to and his dad keeps, like, pushing him. And, and Rocky, like having had his own son run away, understands that you can't push a kid into it if it's not in his – if it's not for him, even if it's in his blood. Yeah. And there's this interesting, polite, friendly distance that he keeps from everybody. That's really mm. kind of uh, he. Well, there's that, a really, it's a really interesting role that they've put Rocky in. in well, this I movie. think that again comes back to that thing where everyone, including Tessa Thompson, knows exactly who he is. He's so famous you in this tell me universe. Your uncle was Rocky Balboa. Yeah, but he's so famous. Like, and he's got it's that professional distance of. The lifelong celebrity. He's also, almost like he's royalty. so famous. He's so famous, and yet look at his house. Like he's got this was, tiny little. house. I was house thinking that. I was thinking this little hole in the wall restaurant. Well, yeah, I was thinking that. I'm. I was like, I wonder if he's got like all this money in the bank, and he just never wanted to buy a new house or, or have anything else. So he just lives how he does. And well, I mean, it's Rocky, so yeah, I guess that's probably mm. what he does. Like well, he's got also, no interest in all of that stuff, which is interesting because like Apollo, like when we don't know whether it was before he died or after, but. Apollo has taken the money from his boxing career and parlayed himself and his family into an upper class existence. Yeah. And and he didn't need to do that. He wasn't that wasn't what he wanted to do, but for Apollo obviously the status and the and the moving up in the world was it was important to him and I think and you can see the um the guy from Liverpool, um Conlon's like that too. He's got a very fancy house and it's important for him to move out of his poor childhood so that he can support his own kids in a much better way, which I think perhaps that's the background to the Apollo story is that Apollo wanted to get his kids, you know, out of the hood into a world where he could support them in a way that they didn't have to fight their way out. I do have a question about that. Is the guy at the Delphi gym at the beginning Michael B. Jordan's character's half-brother? Because they were talking about him also, I think at one point they dropped a line about him being Apollo's son, oh. like the guy who wouldn't let him fight. Uh-huh. Or And then they, they were talking about them being family as well, so I thought maybe they were cousins or something. I don't know. But the other guy was clearly – like he was clearly related to him in some way because they make mention of it. But I'm not sure what that relationship is. I, I don't know. I think it's an, there's an interesting journey there in that he has to go to the Delphi gym where his father trained and then he has to go to Mickey's gym where Rocky trained and then he has to get to his own gym, like the, the Northside gym or wherever, whatever it's called. I don't know. I didn't actually pick up on that. I, I think there's also some storyline in there about the sort of fraternal bonds of boxing as much as anything. So I don't know what the deal is. No, but is. he definitely rela- – the, the way they said it wasn't like, hey, you're my brother is in it, – it was more like he's – blood or that was it was a line that was specifically like that that made it definite that they were blood related or like okay and i feel like there's also a very clear message in this movie about family not being blood necessarily but Mm. being like what you make it right exactly found family narrative uh, well i mean particularly when you think through what felicia richard's character has to do which is to say this this is my husband's kid this is not my kid this was he cheated on me and it's still my job to help take care of him. I think that's quite a, a um, magnanimous act. I don't know about her job to help take care of him. But well, no, I think she, she, felt, she feels that way. Yeah, she Not felt that, that it she, is her job, but she felt an obligation despite the history that she felt that this kid didn't deserve the life that he was getting and yeah. that she could step in. And so she st- stepped up and did yeah. so, which I think is, an, again, is like she is family but not blood. Right, yeah. So it's really interesting. 
And I like that they don't uh, erase his birth mother from the narrative either. Like she comes up. Oh, I love the way they treated her last name. Yeah. When he fought and he fought under the name Creed, but he never, like, he never legally changed his name from his mother's name and her name was on the back of his shorts because that's, that's who he is. He's Adonis Johnson and that's the name he's grown up under. I thought that was good because, like, I mean, women's names get erased constantly mm. in our world. And so I think it was, I, I thought that was very respectful because I was, when they started talking about, you know, change your name, I was like, oh no, they're just going to make, he's just going to become Madonna's Creed and it's never going to be any different. But they didn't do that. Yeah, that I know. It was good. lovely. Anyway, I just, I really liked this movie. This is a, a lot. really good movie. It makes me so mad that it's on such limited release here in Australia. Movies that have black subjects and black subject matter, like African American subject matter, just get really badly treated here they really do and it's appalling it's and they could easily like they could easily pump this up so much more than they have movie like but it's also a rocky movie right how is it that for a rocky movie we have to go to like the independent cinema in town at 10 a.m on a sunday to see it like it's ridiculous it was on at other times i know i know it was but like it's only it's only in one cinema here and that's like the indie cinema like as though this is some kind of niche or special interest movie it's a goddamn rocky movie and there's like five people in our cinema and it's just I, yeah, uh, it was 10 a.m. It was 10 a.m. on a, a Sunday. Sunday. I know. Yeah, I agree with you on most of those parts. I just think that, that right, there, that may, it might, have, there might be more people going. But so I think some people think. But I just can't believe that they can't. Uh, it's the same thing that I felt when Cabin in the Woods came out and like right. wasn't out properly. And you're like, this is a movie that's written by the guy who and and produced by the guy who made Avengers, the biggest movie of the year before. At that point, it had Chris Hemsworth in it. Like, how did they not? No, and not- this is a this is a goddamn Rocky movie. It's got a guy who's just coming off a Marvel movie and his career is blowing up. It's got Sylvester Stallone in a Marvel. I mean, it was Fantastic Four. You don't really want to <laughs> be like, oh yeah, that guy from Fantastic Four is in this. Right, but Michael but B. Jordan is Michael also- B. Jordan's career is blowing up yeah, right now. Is. Like he's he is doing amazingly, and I don't know how it's been treated in in the US, but the way it's been treated here in Australia, like, and Australia's. Like I get Australia is super white and super racist, but you could do so much better with this movie. And it's it's I I don't understand. It's so well made. It's got such mainstream appeal. It's a sports movie for crying out loud, a boxing movie. I know. If there's a big fight on, people spend heaps of money to like go and watch it, as if they wouldn't want to go along and see like a really well made Rocky movie. That's got heaps of amazing fights in it. I know. You would think it would be a fairly easy sell. The concept of like the the way that we treat. Black movies here is really just appalling, yeah. and and the the fact that they couldn't get this, but then even in America, I don't think this had like a big right. I barely heard of it up. until yeah. a couple of days ago, and as you said at the beginning, we went in knowing literally nothing about it. I I knew no, that's not true. I knew it was a Rocky movie. Yes, I did too. I don't know why I came across it. Oh, I came across it because I saw a four and a half out of five star review on Mary Sue. Maybe yeah. And and I'm really hoping it gets some awards mm, kind of it's amazing kind of attention. But you know what happens when I like a movie that want, that I think should get awards attention, it doesn't get any, and everybody ignores it. Right? Um, it, yeah. If for nothing else, like the cinematography and direction, and the even the writing is really good. I thought this was significantly better than Southpaw too. Yeah, big time. Significantly better. Like I thought this was just if you had to watch them side by side, it, the other one is so. I mean, we liked it. But now, comparing it to this, I'm like, it seems that's like crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm trying to remember what I gave Southport so that I can give this something higher because I, I just Southport seems so heavy handed compared. Yeah, to exactly. This. Exactly. It's had such a light touch. Except I, I, for that I soundtrack sort of, sometimes. Right. I, I did. So, I just sort of felt like these people who made this know what they're doing with yeah. with boxing movies and with like the story that they were telling. Yeah. 
I also I do feel like there were a couple of songs in there that were they were trying to like make sell. a big deal and sell and I was like these don't sound live they're not catchy it's I don't think this is going to work it was I I thought the music was a little odd right I didn't have a just in general I thought, it, I thought it worked quite well with the I don't know the setting I just worked for me but yeah okay most of the time it was fine but every so often it was just a bit much for me especially since it was going so hard where when the movie was like so gentle and so mm. I think the the score at the end made perfect sense when Apollo was finally like getting into uh, Adonis far out was finally getting into that match it worked well mm-hmm. uh, minor quibbles right um we should probably wrap up yep what are you giving it I'm gonna give it four and a half out of five stars I really liked it mm. I've, I've been thinking four all along but I feel like it deserves a four and a half because it is just so good yeah so I think I mean it is it's slightly too long yeah, probably a little. But really, I was really never good. bored though. I didn't look, want to look at my watch or anything. It was it was very good. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to read our show notes, you can find them on our website silverscreenqueens.com where you can also find tickets to our Canberra screening of Star Wars The Force Awakens. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silver screen queens and on Twitter at screen underscore queens. And on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Did you do the bit about my blog? Shit, I forgot your blog. That's okay. And And if you would like to read my review of Creed or any of the other movies that I watch, please go to my blog, which is at wordpress.silverscreenqueen.com. Silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. I can't remember the name of my own. Yeah, but you should read it because Katie reviews lots of movies and lots of ones that we don't get time to review or that I don't see. So yeah, it's very good. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.